Lord in heaven, thank you for bringing us into this building and into this time and place. We, we come to praise the name of the Lord our God. We praise you, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, and pray that you would receive the worship, the love, the affection, the adoration that we feel toward you in our hearts. We bow before you. You are our God, our Father, our Sovereign. Lord Jesus, you shed your blood for us. You have redeemed us to yourself. We are your people. Have our hearts today, we pray. Invade our hearts. Possess them. Take every thought captive to obedience to yourself. And as we open the Scriptures, we plead with you that you will open the eyes of our souls and that you will nourish and strengthen us with might in the inner man that we'll be more faithful followers of yours, Lord Jesus. And we pray for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the title of this sermon is Peace During Pandemic. Let me give you a couple definitions of peace just so you'll know what I'm talking about. Here's what I mean by peace. Look these up. You can find them on your own, but this is pretty good. Peace is a freedom from disturbance or it is tranquility. So if you have peace, you have a freedom from disturbance, you have tranquility. It's also, a second definition, it is a stress-free state of security and calmness. No stress, feeling secure, because God is my heavenly Father, He's the sovereign of the universe, and all is well with my soul. So that's the thing we're talking about today, peace during a pandemic. That's the peace that we're talking about. That is the constant disposition of your soul, if you have peace, that that is your emotional life if you have peace. That's, what, that's what's going on inside you if you have peace. So what I'm going to do today is just give you a bunch of verses about peace. So Rob, would you back up please to Psalm 29, 11, and we'll start with that one. Thank you, Rob. So Psalm 29, 11, this is going to be a bunch of verses. I'm going to heap verses and verses and verses till my time runs out on you, on your heads and into your hearts with the hope that by the end of this, you have more peace than you've been having lately. That's my goal, more peace in your heart. So here we read in the book of Psalms, and I'm quoting this one from the NIV because I liked this version more. The Lord gives strength to his people. Amen? He gives strength. What will I get if I become a Christian? A lot of things. Here's one of them. The Lord will give you strength. Strength for life, strength for pandemics. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. What do I get if I come to the Lord Jesus Christ? What will I get if I submit my life to the Savior? You'll get peace. Peace with God. Hopefully peace with other people. You'll get better social skills. And peace in your soul. Peace in your heart. So the Lord gives this. Let's look at the next passage. This one comes from Isaiah. We're staying in the Old Testament, and there are some really important things about this verse, so track with me. You, I'll read it, and then we're going to go back to some things. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because 
He trusts in you. Notice who's the mover. Notice who's the doer. Notice who's the one acting. It's you. It's God. The psalmist is, or Isaiah is speaking to God. You, God, do something. What is it that God does? You keep people. You sustain them. You, you hold them. You firm them up where they are. You keep who? Him. It's going to be described later. What do you keep him in? In perfect peace. I love that. Do you have perfect peace? The Hebrew there is very interesting. I looked it up just to be sure, and I read a really good commentary on it just to be sure. And the word perfect isn't even there. The way Hebrews express an intensification of something is they will double it. So it's actually shalom, the Hebrew word for peace. It's shalom, shalom. You will keep them fixed in shalom, shalom, which is their way of saying super peace, mega peace, awesome peace, powerful peace, amazing big peace. God does this. It's God who's acting. He keeps people, they'll be described later, in shalom, shalom. Well, what are the conditions? Which people get this perfect peace from God? Here they are. Those whose minds are stayed on Him. You fix your mind on the Lord, and He will give you perfect peace. You fix your, your mind on the Lord, and he will give you shalom, shalom. Because you're fixing your mind on the sovereign, good, wise, beneficent ruler of the universe. How can you fix your mind on him and not have peace? And here's another reason why they're kept in perfect peace, because that one whose mind has stayed on you trusts in you. And that's a big issue for having peace is trust. Do I trust God to do what is right? Do I entrust myself to him and believe he will do his will and it will be best and it's okay? Whatever my God ordains is right, an old hymn says, holy his will abideth. So if you can trust in that, you're like a little rock. He's the big rock. You're a little rock. You're stayed upon Jehovah. You're firm. You're fixed. You're in shalom, shalom, because your mind is stayed on the Father and because you trust in Him. I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty good place to be living. That looks pretty fine to me. What do you think? Um, it reminds me of what Paul says in the New Testament where he wrote, God has not given us a spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit doesn't come into your life and make you scared. No, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, that's outward oriented, not, oh my gosh, look what's happening to me, but how can I serve them, and of a sound mind, of a sound mind. Next verse, please, John 14. We're coming to the New Testament. This is the Lord Jesus speaking to his disciples. He's preparing them for his departure. He's telling them he's about to die and he's gonna leave them. And they're all worried and they're all fearful. And he says, no, 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 guys, here, I have something for you. 
peace I leave with you. See, I'm going away. What are you going to leave with us? Peace I leave with you. My peace. What kind of peace? What level of peace? How much peace? What sort of peace? Jesus says, the peace that I have within me, which you can be sure is shalom, shalom. That's mega peace. That's divine peace. That's perfect peace. And Jesus says, the peace that is mine, I'm leaving there with you. I'm giving it to you while you dwell upon this planet. Now, let me clarify for you what this peace is not like. It is not as the world gives, do I give you. Now, the world gives peace, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's good when the world gives peace, but the world gives a conditional peace. It's conditioned on either things are going well, so I have peace, or it's conditioned on, I'm going to be a stoic like Jocko Willink and just say, everything's going wrong? Good, that'll make me stronger. Jesus gives you a whole different kind of peace. It is not dependent upon things going well, nor is it dependent on you stoically pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. It comes from a change in your heart. It comes from your heart bowing to a heavenly Father who loves you and cares for you, and you trust him. Jesus says, I'm giving you that kind of peace, not as the world gives. So, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Are any of you, do any of you have hearts that are troubled? We're in a global pandemic. Any of you have hearts that are troubled? Any of you have hearts that are afraid? Your Savior, the Lord Jesus, says, don't. He does not want you going there. That's not the place where he wants you to be. That's not how he wants you to have to live. He is freeing you from that. He's giving you his peace and telling you, so don't live in fear and don't be troubled. I'm your Savior. I give you Peace, a peace that is not incompatible with external tribulation, a peace that rather thrives in tribulation because the tribulation clarifies and accentuates the nature of your peace, puts you in touch with your peace. It's a peace that thrives in global pandemics, and you can submit yourself to God and have peace. Next, we're going to a verse by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 14. Here it comes. For the kingdom of God, we'll come back to that, is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is wherever you go because Jesus said the kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of God is wherever a heart that bows to the king is found, there the kingdom is because there's a subject who's submitting to the king. The kingdom of God is within you. You take it with you everywhere you go. And Jesus says the kingdom of God, that thing that's in you, that thing that you carry with you as a subject of the Father everywhere you go, it is not just about food and drink. It's not just let's have a big bash, let's have a lot of good food, let's have a big party, let's drink a lot of water or whatever. It's not, it's not about that. That's all nice that you have food and drink. But that's not what my kingdom is about. Rather, it is about righteousness. Remember, Jesus says elsewhere, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, 
And all these other things will be added to you. The kingdom and righteousness go together. The kingdom of God is righteousness, being right with God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and to obedience to his commands in Scripture. And the kingdom of God is, and I love this. I just love this. This always hits me really hard and really well. The kingdom of God that is within me, that I carry around like you do if you're a believer in Christ, everywhere you go, here's what it's all about. It's about peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's a great kingdom. It's all about peace. Subjects of that king can go anywhere in peace because he cares for their soul and the Spirit of God is within them and they have new hearts and peace is bred by that. And they have joy. The kingdom of God is about peace and joy and righteousness. And so your life ought to be about peace and joy and righteousness. And the life of a church ought to be about peace and joy and righteousness. These are like the big issues. Like over in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, I want to tell you what some of the big issues are. Now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So the kingdom is also about faith and hope and love. These are the kind of things that you carry with you everywhere you go. The greatest is love, but I'll tell you what, peace and joy aren't bad either. Are you experiencing peace and joy? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Why would I want to become a follower of Jesus Christ? Because when you follow Jesus Christ, one of the things he does in you is he puts inside of you mega peace and joy, and it doesn't go away. I had a great FaceTime this week, a couple days ago, with with one of our members. She texted me early in the morning. Her name is Isabel, so you all here will know who she is, and many of you at home will know who she is. Isabel said, can we talk today? And I thought, oh my, I wonder what that is. Maybe it's about how we do communion going forward, because she's over our communion, or maybe there's a problem in her life. So we we did a FaceTime together. She was the most happy, exuberant, bubbly, bouncing, cheerful Isabel I've ever known, and I've known her a long time. She was walking around her house with her phone like this. Here, I'll take my phone. She's walking around like she had it on FaceTime. I'm looking up at her face from below. And just she wanted to tell me. Here's why we, why we connected. She wanted to tell me the three amazing stories about the, how the Lord is blessing her right now and how blessed she feels and how much joy she has. She was just like bubbling over. And I had people texting me, Steve, I need this. Steve, can you do that? Steve, can you give me the other? And after a while, I had to tell her, Isabel, this is really wonderful. I'm sorry, but I got to go, sister. So she told me she loved me, and I told her I loved her in Christ, and it's peace. She had this. She had the kingdom of God. She's there in her house. She's single. She's all alone in that house, and she's walking around the house bubbling in the Lord. It's just amazing. That's what the kingdom of God is. I think there might have been something else I want to say on that one, so let me look real quick. No, that's good. Let's go to the next one, please. Romans 15. Thank you, Rob. Sorry, I go to this side more than often. It's nothing about you guys. Somehow I just feel better pointing right-handed, all right? Big motor skills, I'm right-handed. Little motor skills, I'm left. Mixed up guy. Romans 15. This is a prayer wish. For you Greek scholars, it's in the optative. Paul is wishing something for you, kind of praying this thing for you. And he says, may the God of hope, that's a great phrase, who is God, there are various descriptions for him in the Bible. Here's one of them. He is the God of hope. There's always hope with him. May the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I need to turn this thing off, pardon me. We'll come right back to that. Failed to do that before the service. People are texting me. There we go. Um, May he fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. What a great verse about joy and peace and hope. So Paul's praying that the God of hope would what? So cool having people in the room who are actually answering. That he would fill you, fill you. God is not stingy with faith and hope. He's not saying, now I have a little eyedropper and you can get a drop and you can get a drop and there's a little left for you. Sorry, none left for you. I'm all out of hope today. No, he will fill you. Do you ever say, I'm filled with something? You eat a great big meal. Oh, I'm full. That's what you have with joy and peace. You ever, uh, uh, like, full of fatigue or full of energy, you're full of, may God fill you with all joy. And all applies to the second word. And all peace. So you got mega peace. you got shalom, shalom. You've got all peace. You've got God filling you with peace in believing. See, it's always connected to faith. It's because you believe the word of God, you believe the promises of God, you trust in God's sovereignty, you submit yourself to it, you say, Lord, whatever your will is, here I am, do what you want to do. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, now how great is that power? That's pretty great power. There's no greater power known on the planet to change you than the power of the Holy Spirit using the word of God. And he says, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may, and it's got all these superlatives, that you may abound, that you may abound in hope. Remember again, 1 Corinthians 13, now abides faith, hope, love, but the greatest of these is love. There's, There's faith and there's hope. He wants you to abound in hope. All right. Next verse, please. Doing okay? A lot of verses hanging in there. Is it cool being back at church? Pretty awesome, isn't it? I love it. All right, next, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. There are more of them, but I stopped the list at peace because that's the one we're after. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? When you become a believer, God sends the second person of the Holy, I'm sorry, the third person of the Holy Trinity. I did go to seminary. I do know he's third. The third person of the Trinity, God sends him, the Holy Spirit, into your heart. He gives you a new heart, regenerates your heart, and then he sends the Holy Spirit to take up residency, to dwell within you, and his power is now available in your life to change you, to shape you, to mold you according to the will of God. He bears fruit in you. It's like you're a tree, and he comes in and luscious apples start to appear on your branches. He bears fruit. Well, what kind of fruit? He produces love in you. You become a more loving version of you. He produces joy in you. You become a more joyful version of you. And he produces peace. 
your tree. There's big peace apples hanging all over your branches. Not just a little old rotten crab apple way up there in the tree somewhere. And if we shake the branches hard enough, one rotten crab apple drops to the ground. And you say, there it is. There's my peace. No, 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 no. This is all peace. This is shalom, shalom. This is filled with peace. This is abounding in. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Peace he gives unto you. Next verse, please, Rob. Thank you. You're doing a great job. Next verse. Trying to be fair to people on both sides of the room here. It's another prayer wish given by the Apostle Paul. He's uh, writing to the ancient church in Thessalonica. They were pretty new believers. Maybe they were only, uh, they could have been as young as three months old in the Lord here or a little longer. And he he issues, he uh, gives out this prayer wish for them. Now may the Lord of peace. He was the God of hope before. Now he is the Lord of peace. In his kingdom, where he is Lord, and his kingdom is in you when you take it everywhere you go, in his kingdom, there is peace. Some kingdoms have a lot of fighting. Some kingdoms have a lot of turmoil. Some kingdoms have a lot of trouble. Not this kingdom. He is the Lord of peace. And Paul prays to that Lord of peace. May he himself, not some other, no, may God himself, the Lord of peace, give you. This is something he gives you. This is something he will give you. Lord, may I have, and he gives you. Now, as I said in the sermon last week, this is easier for some and harder for others. If you're on the harder for others end of this, don't go beating yourself up and feeling even worse about things, all right? Don't do that. Some people are temperamentally going to have a much harder time realizing the fullest extent of that peace, while for others it comes easy. Uh, It's the body of Christ, and there are many members, and they're all different sizes and shapes. But this is available to us all. Paul says to everybody in that church, may he give you peace at all times in every way. We keep getting these comprehensive descriptions of peace. Now it's at all times, and it's in every way. Well, what doesn't that cover? Can you think of a life situation that is not covered by at all times or in every way? Peace in the hospital. Peace if you lose your job. Peace if your health is going down. Peace if there's a global pandemic. Yeah, that's included in at all times in every way. And then he closes with the Lord be with you because he's the one who's going to give you those things. The Lord be with you. Now, we're going to move into Philippians chapter 4. We're going to stay there for a while. It's more than one verse. It's a whole teaching passage by the Apostle Paul about how to have peace. In fact, I find in it, you might count differently than me, but I find in it seven points about how to have peace. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to work my way through the verses and try and bring out the meaning to you. And then at the end, I'll show you on the screen or I'll show you down there if you're at home. Um, Here are the seven points. We'll summarize them and make them real clear. Here are the seven things he says you must do to have peace. And I don't mean to say, and I don't think he meant to say, these seven are the only seven. It's not a comprehensive list, but it's a good list. So here we go. Philippians chapter 4. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Makes you want to sing that song, doesn't it? That you're singing around. You guys start it. You guys go on. You guys go on. We'll all get it going. Makes you want to sing that rejoice. That's not peace, but the whole passage is going to be about peace, and peace and joy are close cousins. So you often find them together. 
So he wants you to rejoice in the Lord always. Right now is always. Tomorrow will be always. Next month will be always. When you're in the hospital, dying will be always. Rejoice in the Lord always. There is never, never, never a time when a child of God, a follower of Jesus Christ, should not be and cannot be rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. And now here we go with more, doubling it up. We had shalom, shalom. Now we have rejoice. And again, I will say rejoice. What's the point? I really want you to rejoice. You really, really, really ought to rejoice. You're in the kingdom of God. That's a place of joy. You're you're a subject of the king. You're under the fatherhood of God. You ought to be rejoicing. So we'll come back to that later in my summary. Let's go on. Let your, no, I'm sorry, same verse, Rob. I I misled you. Go back one, please. There you go. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. I really like that one. How how good are you at that one? How good are you at that? Who in here would say, I got that one down? Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. You're a reasonable person. You can reason well about situations. Some are naturally better than others. Some are challenged in that, but uh, you're to be growing in that. We'll come back to that in the summary. The Lord is at hand. That's hope. He didn't use the word hope, but he's describing the thing, not just giving us the bare word. The Lord is at hand means, don't sweat it, Jesus Christ is coming for you soon. This will be over soon. You're going to be in glory soon. You say, well, I'm 65 years old and it hasn't happened yet. 65 years in the scheme of the universe is soon. So uh, the Lord is, is at hand is meant to say, he will come and get you out of this mess real fast, so don't you worry about it. This reminded me this week, I'll tell you a little story. So back in, uh, let's see, Debbie and I were married in, when were we married? 75. And uh, prior to that, we had done a lot of backpacking, not like overnight stuff, day trips with friends. And um, in fact, our second date was climbing a mountain called Old Rag over in Virginia, 3,200 feet, went up the front side and came back down the front side, which is the shortest way. Uh, a year or so later, and before we had children yet, our first child was born in 77, uh, Debbie and I and a friend named Matthew decided we would make a one-day assault, or assault in quotes, you know, assault a little mountain like that. We'd make a one-day assault on Old Rag and go up the front side, which is kind of short, and then come down the, long, the back side and all the way around back to our car, which is long, and none of us had ever done that, and we didn't really know how long. So we went up the front side, and that's a lot of work. That's a challenging climb. Anybody here been up Old Rag? You have? Oh, that's awesome. You guys have been there. We should go do it. <laughs> um, so, so the three of us, Debbie, me, and a friend of ours named Matt, made a day assault to go up the front side and back and down the back side. So we got up there, cooked our dinner, and uh, now it's time to go back down. Well, it was a long way. And Debbie was really struggling. Our legs are longer than hers. She takes three steps to our one. She was wearing out and fading on us. And we kept saying to her, we're almost there. We had no idea how far it really was. We're almost there. Night fell. It was dark out. It was getting hard to see. Remember, we had to cross a stream at one point. We can't tell. Where are the rocks? How deep is it? What's going on? We just... And after that, for the next miles, our boots are going goosh, 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 because water spilled inside of them. But we kept saying to Debbie, we're almost there. We're almost there. 
We're almost there. That's what this is about. The Lord is at hand. You're almost there. You're almost there. So rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Give us the next verse, please, Rob. Philippians 4, 6. Then he says, does this one fit a global pandemic or what? Do not be. Now, this is exactly what we saw last week in a different verse. That was Matthew chapter 6 and the Lord Jesus Christ saying the same thing. It seems like Paul is picking this up from Jesus and giving it to us again. Do not be anxious about anything. More global terminology here. Nothing on the planet needs to cause you anxiety. Nothing on the planet needs to make you worrying or fearful. Uh, Why not? How can I avoid becoming anxious? But in everything, so that you have anything and you have everything, in everything, nothing's too small, nothing's too big, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, cultivate a thankful heart and a life of thanksgiving, and let your requests be made known to God. And once you've made requests known to God, you can live in confidence and leave them there with him and say, I like what Bob, Bob Kilborn, who right now is in a rehab place and can't come home yet, and we can't even go see him, but he was part of one of our men's Bible studies yesterday morning as they met via Zoom. That's so cool that he got to be there with you. And Bob has said to me more times than I can count, so many times when when we're talking about something that's rough, he says, but I always say to myself, uh, God's got it, don't worry. Don't worry, God's got this. That's the way he puts it. Don't worry, God's got this. That's kind of what that verse is saying. Don't worry, not about anything. But in everything, just pray and leave it with him, and now you're good. You're good. Years ago, I read a biography about a Civil War. I believe he was a general on the southern side. It wasn't, wasn't Robert E. Lee, and it wasn't Stonewall Jackson. I can't remember the guy's name. I know it started with a P. It's like Pennington or something or other. It doesn't matter, right? You all don't care? Okay. So I read this story about this guy. He was known for unusual bravery on the field of battle, as was Stonewall Jackson. He was incredible in bravery, but so was this guy. And somebody asked him once, how can you be so brave, you know, when bullets are whizzing by your head and stuff? And he said something like this. This is not an exact quote. It's memory, which can be very flawed. He said something like this, not one bullet will hit me except the one that God writes my name on. That's pretty good. He's like, I'm not going to be anxious. I've laid that with God. No bullet will hit me unless he wants it to. And if he wants it to, I submit and bow and bless him and thank him and live a life of thankfulness. Mm. It's hard to hurt a Christian when they have these things going on. So don't be anxious. And the next verse, please, Rob, Philippians 4, 7. And if you do those things, we're going to come back and summarize them so you can see the flow. If you do those things... And the peace of God, the peace of God. Earlier, Jesus said, my peace. That's the peace of God. Here it is again, the peace that God has. How great must be the peace that God has. It's perfect. It's shalom, 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 shalom. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Now, I think I've misunderstood that verse my entire Christian life until now. 
You probably all got it right. I think I've had it wrong. Here's how I have understood it in the past. The peace of God that you believers have in trials and difficulties will be to others not understandable. Now, I think that's wrong. Yeah, you're screwing up your face. I think he's saying the peace of God, which you can't get. You can't even fathom how much peace God has. Is that how you take it? Is that how you take it? Yeah, everybody's, everybody had it right but me. All right. This peace of God that we can't even grasp, can't even fathom, it's such great peace. It will guard your hearts and your minds. Well, what do I need to have guarded beside that? If my heart is guarded and it's the center of my emotions and my feelings and my affections, and if my mind where thoughts want to race is all guarded, what else do I need guarded beside that? I'm, I'm a guarded dude. He will guard with this peace that you can't even fathom. That peace will guard your heart and your minds. And where can I get this? How do I access this? In Christ Jesus. You come to the Lord Jesus Christ by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And here's something you'll get. You'll get peace like you can't even imagine, like you can't even understand, and it will guard. The word guard, many of you will know. You've heard this before. It it means it was a word used in those days of a fortress with the outer wall. It would garrison you. It would protect you. In our day, maybe it's like you have a team of Navy SEALs all the way around you. You're guarded, all right? It will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Wow. What kind of peace is available to the child of God? Now he goes on, a couple more verses. Uh, Philippians 4, verse 8. No, it's one more verse, but I have it in two sections. We'll, We'll get it. Here you go. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, these things are lofty, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, here's the verb, think about those things. I know it says these, but I'm pointing those. Think about those things. Occupy your mind. Let your mental processes be working on those kind of things. And read the next part. Go on, Rob. Thank you. Next verse. And here's what, what else you have to do. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, do me a favor, Rob, please back up to the last verse again, and I want to get a running start here. So you're to think about these lofty things, this list of virtuous and wonderful and beautiful things, and your mind is to be occupied with those things, all the time thinking about things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and a good report, virtuous and worthy of praise. You're thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking about those things. There's no room for anxiety thinking. There's no space left. There's no bandwidth for fearful thinking because you're thinking about the lofty things. This might not be a great illustration, but I'm going to try it anyway and just see if it works. So, From time to time during this global pandemic, I can't stand it, and neither can Frank Turner, and we get on our motorcycles and go riding together. And then after the ride, we were, uh, we've been sitting in his backyard for about two hours, sometimes three hours, just shooting the breeze, telling stories, laughing, having a good time, having some fellowship, challenging each other about some things. It's just been awesome. Frank and I did that a couple days ago. 
We took about an hour and a half ride way up into Pennsylvania through Amish country, a route that I knew. I've been on it a number of times on a motorcycle. The thing of it is, it's, it's spring or near spring, and all the fields were really pungent. Wow. And when you get the fields really pungent, guess what you get in the air? Bugs. Oh, man, were there bugs. We got splattered and splattered and splattered constantly. Bugs, 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 bugs. You know, when I got to his place, there's bugs on my shirt. There's bugs on my knees because they take the wind. There's bugs on my boots. I actually went to a meeting once, and I rode my motorcycle there, and I met with somebody. I think it was at a Panera, and then I rode home, and I went in the bathroom and looked in the mirror, and there was a dead bug right there. So bugs, 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 bugs. What's that have to do with this verse? Uh, all those thoughts, all those things that you think about, let them just be hitting you constantly. Things that are on, things that are, what's the first one? Things that are true. Whatever is honorable, there's a bug. Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise, hitting me, hitting me, hitting me, hitting me, hitting me, and there's no space for anything else. You don't need to know this, but yesterday I took a ride up to see my mom and dad. Dad needed me to fix his phone. I'm happy to fix his phone. So we got it fixed. Um, and I rode a motorcycle up there. And this time I had a face mask on the helmet. And uh, it was bugs, even though it wasn't that Amish country. It was bugs. And one of them, when a bug hits you at 60 miles an hour, it's like, <laughs> it's like a BB hit you. or a big, It's big. And it, but this one went splat. And it was all over the face shield right there. And I could not see out there. And I'm trying to wipe it with my hand, but it wasn't going away. You're always wiping the thing with splat. Let those things just splat into your soul. Bad illustration? Okay illustration? All right. Thumbs up. Let them just pepper you and plaster you and splat all over you. Think about these things. Next verse now, please. Thank you, Rob. And... There's more to do. We're about to summarize all these. We're getting near the end here. More to these. And what you have learned, there are things you learn when you become a follower of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is a learning place. There are a lot of things to learn about God's truth and God's will. So whatever you have learned and whatever you have received, the kingdom of God is a place, the church of Jesus Christ is a place where we receive a lot of things that people impart to us in terms of information and instruction and challenges and encouragements. Whatever you have learned and whatever you have received and whatever you have heard, the kingdom of God is a place where we hear God's word, where we hear God's truth from others and from our own Bibles. And whatever you have seen in me, in the kingdom of God, we have mentors, people who are more mature than us, people who have gone on ahead of us. We're to look at them and imitate their faith and follow them as they follow Jesus Christ. So the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, here's the verb, practice them, do them. And what's the promise? And the God of peace will be with you. All right, I think I'm ready for the summary. Don't go there yet, Rob. Yeah, I'm ready for the summary. I'm calling this seven practices that bring peace. Here they are, kind of going back through the text real fast. So first he said, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. That'll bring you peace. Second is be reasonable. Reason, think well. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Third is hope. The Lord is at hand. So live in hope. Fourth is give thanks. You offer your prayers with thanksgiving. Fifth is pray that your requests be made known to God. Sixth is think. Think about these things. Seventh is practice. Practice these things. 
and the God of peace will be with you. We're in a global pandemic, but the Lord Jesus wants you to have and enjoy peace. Picture a lake and there's no wind. It's a glassy, placid surface. Peace. There's peace like that in your soul. There's no turmoil. There's no smoke. There's no flames. There's no fire. There's no agitation. There's peace. You can say, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. In closing, some of you are not followers of the Lord Jesus. I want to say to you, there are a lot of reasons why you should become a follower of Jesus Christ. But today you've certainly heard about one of them. What do you get if you become a believer? You get a whole batch of shalom, shalom. You get access to the peace of God that is past understanding and you get peace with God. You see, before you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you might not know this about yourself, but God knows it. You're not at peace with him. In fact, the Bible says you and he are at enmity because you're not bowing to his will. You're not submitting to his truth. You're not following his ways. There's no peace between you and God. But when you come to him through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and when you call on the Lord Jesus for save, to save you, the peace of God becomes yours and you become one who is at peace with God. And my prayer for you today is that you would pray with me now. My hope for you today is that you would pray with me now. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer that might be appropriate words. The words don't matter, your heart does. But I want to lead you in a prayer that you might want to pray if you want to come to the Father through the Son and find that peace with God and peace with God. So would you all bow with me and we'll pray together, please? Father, thank you for bringing us into this time and this place. And thank you for bringing people in among us, whether in this room or whether watching at home, uh, who are not yet your followers. You've been gracious and merciful to them, giving them a day where for whatever reason, they're listening to your word. And we pray, our Father, that now you might be gracious and pour the Holy Spirit, the spirit of redemption, into their hearts Would you call them to yourself? And now I'm going to speak to you people, but still in a prayerful sense. Would you pray along with me? Here's what you need to say. Something like this. The words don't matter. Father, I know I've not been submitting to your rule. I've not been living in your kingdom. I've been my own king. I've been living my way. But I'm at a point in life now where I understand I need to turn. I need your forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. I'm asking you right now, would you have me? an unworthy sinner. Would you receive me? I'm looking up to you with faith. I don't know what all the words are I need to say, but Lord, starting now, you have my heart. You have my soul. You have my life. I want to learn and receive and hear and do the things that Christians are supposed to do. Father, draw people to yourself. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're asking in his name.